What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, black guest hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going today? Graham, it's going quite well. Oh, is it? Yes. Wow. I thought I would start today's show off with a uh, personal story oh. that's not related to Atlanta professional sports. Had the uh, showtime a little bit. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... This does have to do with frustration, though. Oh, okay. That's very relatable to all Atlanta sports fans, as we know. So, the last two weeks, I've been trying to find the water meter at our new house. Gotcha. Just seems like something you should know where it's at. And I would like to know where the water shutoff valve is in case a pipe busts. Right. Something along those lines. Sure. You want to be able to shut it off without flooding the entire house. Right. Makes sense? Yeah. So, you know, generally it's out by the street. Mm-hmm. Not there. Oh. I was like, well... Maybe I can see, like, where the pipes hit the house. Maybe there's something there. It's not there. So I called DeKalb County. Right. DeKalb County is giving me the biggest runaround I've ever seen in the history of runarounds. In terms of where your water... Who to talk to. Oh, okay. I've, I've been given, like, now seven different numbers. That's be- uh, bureaucracy for you. And the only, the only thing, the only info I've gotten was to the right of door. So I checked to the right of door. Didn't it's see not it. there. But which door? They specified the door? Well, I looked to the right of all doors. Oh, okay. So I would assume the front door. Your right or if you're looking at it from the inside's right? I've, I've checked both sides both of the sides. door. All right. Yeah. All sides of the door. And this lady today, like she told me that, and she's the second one that told me that, and she was getting a little attitude with me. It was pretty early in the morning when I called her, and I was like, yeah, it's on blah, blah, blah road. And she's like, oh, right next to blah, blah, blah road. And I'm like, huh? And I was like, no, we're off this road. And she's like, do you even live there? And like, she's, she's giving me shit. Yeah. And uh, she was just on a different level than me. Mm-hmm. And then I w- she's like, yeah, right at the door. And I was like, okay, well, I've looked there. I don't see it. Yep. She's like, well, you got to probe down. It, it, it could be hidden. Probe down? Yeah. I was like. Is this a goddamn surgery? I was like, well, aren't you guys, like, if you guys are reading the water meter every month, mm-hmm. would you not, uh, don't you think that would be exposed? And she's just like, oh, we read the water. And she's like, you just got to look to the right of the door, then hung up on me. Jesus. Yeah. So DeKalb County is not doing much better than these Atlanta sports, Graham. Mostly the Atlanta Falcons. Right. They're probably, they're, they're doing better. I mean, she played some defense there. Yeah, at least she prevented you from finding the answers you wanted. Unlike the offensive line, it couldn't prevent the Ravens from doing anything for the Matt Ryan. Right. So Three sacks and ten quarterback hits later. Yeah, it was ugly. Indeed. Do you even want to get it? So Graham had the displeasure of going to it. Uh, yeah, I went to the game, as uh, those of y'all who listened to last week's show might remember, those of you who didn't, uh, we had our a guest user on, Alexa, who was a big Ravens fan. And we went to the game together, and it was awful. <laughs> Tons of Ravens fans all around me. Very minimal Falcons fans. It, felt, it had the energy of a preseason game in terms of uh, the crowd, in terms of um, the crowd's energy, in terms of the attendance. It made that uh, that Saints game we went to look like it was the Super Bowl in terms of attendance and rowdiness and things like that. Right. The uh, loudest it got, I think, is when they announced that Atlanta United was going to the MLS Cup and giving them a shout-out. I guess the Vic Beasley touchdown got kind of loud. Got pretty loud. Yeah. Um, I mean, I went, I went nuts there. I was like, oh, my God. But it was still a very, it, it felt very restrained, especially with the overlap of a lot of Bulldogs fans 
and Falcons fans. Yeah, the the that night hurts. the night after that massive um, choke job, that true to Atlanta Georgia Bulldogs performance right. right there. Well, just like the energy in the stadium that night versus the next day. Oh, no comparison. Yeah, absolutely. I, no I think preseason football games a good way to compare it. Yeah, and the Falcons play like it was a preseason game. Beaten 26-16. And the only reason the score looks like it did was because of a garbage time touchdown. Um, the Ravens dominated all facets of the game. And it was a really... It was one of the first times this year where it was like a listless effort. Like, even though we got, you know, our clocks clean in that New Orleans game, you know, at least it seemed like we were trying offensively. We just kept fumbling the ball. You know, you couldn't really fault the effort. But this game, it was like... Uh, you had a, quite a drinking adventure on Saturday night. We we like we'll, we'll say to keep it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. You felt pretty bad the next day, I assume, right? You couldn't really move very well. You're just sort of like I'm. I exist, but I I don't want to be here right now. I felt blah. Right. That's exactly how the Falcons look. Like they had been drinking all night and showed up late and just didn't have any idea what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it showed. Um, time of possession was awful. The Ravens just ran all over us. Freaking 207 rushing yards in total. And one of the things that really pissed me off about this game especially is like it's like every play, for the most part, <laughs> or what it seemed like, was either Lamar Jackson keeping the ball and running with it or hanging the ball off. And every single time with our defense, we don't stack the line of scrimmage, we don't put eight guys in the box or even nine guys in the box and try to you know, stop the run, make it a point to stop the run and force Lamar Jackson to beat you. It was like, here, Lamar, do whatever you want. Rookie quarterback, go for it. No pressure gotten on him. We did get three sacks, two by Grady and one by Dion, But they were the only guys to generate any any sort of semblance of pressure. Matt was also sacked three times, but they, they hit him, I think, ten times or something like yeah, that. Yeah, every single play, they were just instantly on him. Yeah, tons of pressures. We got no pressure. There was one time, I remember, you know, how I like to watch the line of scrimmage. And uh, there was one time in particular where... I just watched Brooks Reed, and it was literally just him playing patty cake with an offensive line. <laughs> he just kept hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. Hit him like three or four times. And Lamar Jackson had all the time in the world, and by the grace of God, I guess he overthrew. A wide yeah, receiver. I mean, it could have been worse. Like if Lamar Jackson could throw at all, it would have been a lot uglier of a score. Yeah, with, I mean, Justin Tucker is just a beast and just hitting all those field goals. But yeah, he had multiple just. Terrible overthrows. Yeah, but it didn't matter. I mean, he did what he had to do to win, and our offense was absolutely anemic. The, the Ravens' defense has been one of the best units in the league this year, but still to only garner 157 total yards of offense is just inexcusable. That's our lowest total since 1999. The rushing attack is just getting to the point of horrendous at this point. We, we're averaging about 70 rushing yards a game. We had 34 total rushing yards on uh, just 15 attempts. This past Sunday. And two of those were Matt Ryan, so that's probably him running for his life. Right. Um, but, you, you know, when we're not rushing the ball successfully, maybe we're missing Devontae a lot more than we think, but I think it's more just the offensive line being absolutely atrocious. Yeah, I think it's the latter. Um, the offensive line was just hosed. Like, I don't know what happened to those. Like, Mack looks – I mean, you know, he's getting older. Alex Mack's getting older the center. But, like, Schrader's awful now. Everyone's just bad. Zane Beatles or whatever came in to play the guard position. He was awful. Um, well, and we have zero depth because we continue to draft skill position players right. like wide receivers and running backs. Right. As much as I love Calvin Ridley, 
Um, part of me regrets the pick in the sense that uh, we literally have no depth in the trenches on either side of the football. It's like, you know, if we could have brought back Poe instead, you know, Deirdre and Sinat would be a nice depth piece. And yeah. Learning the system. Um, you know, when we lose Annie Levitri to injury and, uh, you know, your, your guys on the bench now and uh, Brandon Fusco as well. And it's like, we don't, one of Thomas's big issues, Thomas Dimitrov's big issues as a general manager to me, has been his inability to really hit on picks with offensive linemen. I mean, you think about all the offensive linemen he's drafted. Lamar Holmes out of the league. Um, oh, Peter Kahn's out of the league. Um, Sam Baker out of the league prematurely. That was more so due to injury than ability, even though he wasn't very good either. It's just like, it feels like since the Peter Kahn's misfire, he has been so hesitant to draft an offensive lineman. Um, you know, with a pick that is better than a fourth round pick. I think Sean Harlow, one of the offensive linemen we drafted, is like a was like a fifth rounder or something like that. It's like we don't want to spend these high draft picks to solidify the offensive line at all. When we give when we make Matt Ryan the highest paid quarterback in the league, it's like I, I don't understand that. And yeah, we maybe we do need a little help at receiver too, especially with Gabriel leaving. But it's like when you look at it, I'd rather go pick up a receiver. Off the street. I mean, look what the Ravens did, for example. Look at the Ravens did. They 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 got cast off receivers this year, but it's 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 worked for them for the most part. And um, especially John Brown, a server revitalized his career yeah. with the Ravens. Willie Snead's not very good anymore, but he's serviceable. Um, you know, Michael Crabtree's dropping every pass that's thrown at him. But my point being is that they, at least they they went out there <laughs> and made an effort to get some receivers while they solidified you know other parts of their their football team. And John Brown has paid off for them. Um, particularly earlier in the year when Flacco was actually playing well, John Brown was a really good pick. It was like, why couldn't we have gotten John Brown? He would have fit in perfectly here. Yep. Um, and then we could have spent those, you know, earlier picks on on trench players. Yes, I mean this team. It obviously it's a bad team. It's a bad team, and it's got a long ways to go from the looks of it. Yeah, and really, the O line is an absolute shambles. The defensive line has no depth to it. And Tack McKinley has virtually disappeared. He has nothing. He's yeah, not so, doing anything. I mean, what do we have? Like, if Tack's not what we thought he was, if Vic is garbage. I'm not ready to call Tack crap or anything yet, but it is concerning that after his, like, sort of early season explosion that he's um, fallen off completely. And maybe some of that is attributed to the injury he suffered earlier in the season. But regardless, you've got to be concerned. The only guy on the defensive line that's worth a damn is uh, Grady Jarrett. And as much as you want to point fingers at injuries and things like that, defensive line hasn't really been injured with the exception of, of Tack missing a couple of games here and there. Everyone else is here. Everyone else is playing that we thought was going to play. So, you know, you're really missing Claiborne and Poe right now, especially. And even though we did draft Sanat, it's like Sanat is not a complimentary piece to Grady Jarrett. He's like another Grady Jarrett-esque type of player. We need that big, beefy guy to compliment Grady so that Grady can be freed up to make more plays in the backfield and get pressure on the quarterback. I mean, Grady's doing everything he can out there. He's kind of like the new John Abraham. Yeah. You know, except he's a, it's he's a tackle. Game. Right. Um, it's frustrating. And then the running game, it's like, what the hell? The offensive line blows. Edo Smith leads you with seven attempts for 22 yards. Coleman, six attempts for eight yards. Um, <laughs> the only good rushing game we had this year was was against the Panthers. And it's... Uh, well, I mean, that kills us, too, just because, I mean, our offense runs so much off of that play action. So if we're right. not rushing the ball worth a damn, obviously that's not going to work. Yeah, then the play action sucks. 
Um, yeah, we're, exactly. We're not getting those big plays. Right. Uh, the, the receivers were held <coughs> in check completely. Julio with only two catches for 18 yards. Ridley, three for 22. Hooper led the day with five receptions for 44 yards and a late touchdown. And that was um, that was rough, too, because Matt actually hit them with some passes that could have extended drives, and they both dropped. Julio dropped, like, the easiest ball. I mean, you or I could have caught that. I mean, it was, it was pathetic. Ridley dropped a ball on a deep pass that, yeah, there's a defender there that hit him, but he should have caught it. And well, it's he, sort of, well, he also had one where he should have, uh, like, first down was like nine yards away, and he runs an eight-yard route. Right. And then gets taken down immediately. Right. And you got to ask, is that on him? Is that on the play calling? And for the last four games, of, and on this four-game losing streak that we're currently on, we have yet to score more than 20 points in any of those games. So now you got to start asking yourself, is Sark back in trouble? Is Sark... I think so. I don't know. You think so? Yeah, I mean, you can blame the injuries, but I think someone's going to have to get fired. Yeah, and I, yeah, someone's got to fall on their sword here, and I don't know if it's going to be Sark or even Marquand Manuel. I mean, I know the defense has been, you know, ravaged completely, more so than the offense, even though the offense has suffered losses as well. But the defense has played good enough to win recently. Us scoring in the teens isn't going to get the yeah, job isn't, done. Yeah, isn't helping. But still, it's just like every single play last week against the Ravens, undrafted free agent Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson are just running all over you. And there's no answer. There's no adjustment. And I don't know if that's on Dan Quinn. I don't know if it's on Manuel. It's probably on both of them. But it's, I swear to God, it's this 4-3 scheme, and the linebackers are playing back near the near – the, um, freaking first down marker and the receivers are giving I mean the quarterbacks are giving the receivers all this room it's just it's just a weak looking defense it's just like here then don't break but we're not even going to try to attempt to stop you know a three yard four yard run when it's third and four and it's just I don't get it I don't get it I'm kind of I got to the point where I was getting so mad I, I was booing I don't <laughs> boo anymore because I think booing is very counterproductive and it's disrespectful but I was booing I was, I, I was screaming fire everybody Fire everybody. Fire everybody. Grant, I was a little inebriated. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but I was still enough to make me feel... Fury. Yeah, and it was really coming out. Were you were you yelling at fans, where the hell do you think you're going? The game's still no, going on. No, People could do whatever the hell they wanted that day. <laughs> like, this team doesn't deserve any support. They don't deserve any support. They're playing like shit. And, what, one, and, and, and to add further... Um, Fuel to the fire for Sark. It was third and one at one point. I think it was the third quarter. They do that Sanu Wildcat thing they do every once in a while where he, he's a quarterback. Yeah. Usually it's pretty effective in the sense that he can hand it off or he runs it and we yeah. get a first down. Instead, we decide to throw it to Julio on third and one for like a like a 20-yard pass, and it's a horrible throw. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing on third and one third trying and to one, throw yeah. the, ball, the ball like that? Just get the first. Get a little momentum going. Now is not the time to be doing that. If you want to do that, do that early in the game when we have a lead or it's close or something. Not then. Also, it's to the point, if Sanu's coming in for the Wildcat, you you know they're going to try to go deep to Julio. It's either deep to Julio or it's a run. There's no in-between. Yeah. And it's uh, it's sad. It's like if that's your go-to play on third and one, then we are lost as a football team. Yeah. Totally lost. Packers this week. Packers this week. They also, they too have, have suffered a, a horrible season. Just fired their coach. Although yeah. the Browns just fired their coach and then they beat us. Right. So I'm sure we'll get our butts kicked. I mean, Packers are 4-7-1. Um, I think it's kind of funny how after Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan got the two biggest deals 
making the highest paid players in the league. Neither one of them are making the postseason this year. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. Uh, it should be a, a complete shit show up in Lambeau. I don't really want to watch this game. I will out of just blind loyalty and to continue the horrific evaluation. But one thing the Falcons are doing that are, it's kind of upsetting me is like they're giving young players the you know ability to step in and play here, which is fine. But one person they're playing this week, they're benching Schrader, and they're starting Tyson Bredo, who's like the worst offensive lineman in the league. Schrader's been terrible. Schrader's been terrible. That's, well, you know what you're getting with Sambreo. There's no reason to put him in there. It's like, oh, you're concerned about Matt Ryan getting absolutely slaughtered, and you're going to put this guy in here? Is that going to make it any better? I mean, I guess try something different, but it's yeah. like, Jesus What do you Christ. have to lose at this point? Well, you got to lose Matt Ryan's you know, cognitive ability or physical ability to play the football because he's, he's taken so many hits. I think this is, he's on pace to take more hits than he's ever taken in a single year. And during the dark Mike Smith end of the two-year run, uh, and at the end of the, the dark Smitty era, those last two years, Matt took hit upon hit upon hit upon hit with a horrible offensive line. And this offensive line is actually allowing more pressure than that one. Which oh, is, but, but they literally can't be worse than they've been with Schrader. Yeah, but Sambreo is a worse player than Schrader. Maybe. He is. We've seen it. And I don't know why the hell we picked him up. I said that was stupid. We traded a fifth-round draft pick for him. Idiotic. Yeah, and Quinn has, has come out this week and said that you know, Matt Ryan will not be benched. And, um, you know, your big players are still going to play. But he said some other bullshit this week. Like, we got to put players in a position where they can do what they need to do well. And I'm like, well, why aren't you doing that before, dumbass? I mean, he was, he was you know how normally when he does coach speak, it's like a little rah-rah stuff, rah-rah this. I mean, it sounds generic, but you can tell he's, like, enthused this time. He's just sounded like, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to spew out some bullshit and get the hell out of here. Did you see he was actually honest, though, when they asked him a question about his defensive line? Wait a second. And he said... A one one word response. Terrible. That's good. At least he's honest. Yeah. In that respect. But um yeah, this dark times, um what was it? Packers Cardinals, Brown uh Packers, Cardinals, Bucks, and Panthers, I think, rounds out the season. I don't know if it's in that order exactly, but I hope we just keep losing, honestly, at this point. Like I don't want to win any games. I want we're, – we're, we're currently slated to draft sixth uh, in the draft that's coming up, but I want a six. I, I want the draft at six. I want to draft even better if we can. Like, I – this – because this team still has a lot of talent on it, and you're going to need to retool a shit ton, especially in the trenches, and especially on the offensive line. But getting a high draft pick is the first step, I think, to hopefully solidifying the trenches if we can pick the right guy. I'm sure we'll win three or four, and – do just enough to push us to like sixteen or seventeen, right? And get a get a mid tier player. Yep, that'd be so true to Atlanta as we do. Yep. What do you think? Uh, last thing on the Falcons, if you had to compare, um, you know, Mike Smith to Dan Quinn, maybe not compare them, but just say like, you know, you got to a certain point when you realized that Mike Smith wasn't the guy anymore, right? As we all did. Are you there with Dan Quinn, or are you still going to give him the benefit of the doubt next season? Yeah, I mean, the guy, until this year, he hasn't had a losing season right. with us. Yeah. Um, his message definitely might be getting a little stale, obviously. Yeah. But I don't agree with all this coach 
immediately changing out the coach. I think you have to have some continuity. And uh, Arthur and Thomas are uh, the guys right now. And give them a couple more years if... Uh, Dan and Thomas. What did I say? I said Arthur. Oh. Dan and Thomas are Arthur's guys right now. There you go. <laughs> That's why I lost that Arthur name. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, you give them a couple more years, like, it's a different story. Because, um, I mean, we, it has been a continual it was Super Bowl team, and then we dropped a ring last year mm-hmm. with a wild card, and now we've dropped a big ring this year. So, obviously, if it keeps going that direction, then you assess it. But for now, it's, I don't think it should even be a conversation. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, we've talked about the game mismanagement stuff and just the inability to make adjustments is still makes me upset. But if we had to compare him to how Smitty was doing, you know, Smitty, when he was on the hot seat, only won one, um, one playoff game. And at least Dan Quinn's won three. He's won an NFC championship. That has to count for something. You guys have a little bit longer of a leash than, than Mike Smith. But we'll see how long that leash is next year if this, you know, is a repeat performance. Or for underachieving. All right, I think that covers all we need to talk about with these silly Falcons. Let's move on to Atlanta United. All right. Atlanta United lost leg two of the Eastern Conference Finals, but they won the overall series. Oh, yeah, they did. Because of the because uh, of MLS's silly aggregate rules. So they scored more goals in the series overall. So they beat um, the Red Bulls and now will host the Portland Timbers Saturday night for the MLS Cup. MLS Cup, baby. Been waiting two years for this. A whole two years. There's been a lot of sorrow and strife for this Atlanta sports team, just like every other. Sure. So, of course, now they're in the position to, to win a championship in their second year. Here's the kicker, though. They do need to win it this year because they're losing. You're losing Almiron. You're losing Tata. And uh, is it Martinez gone, too? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. It probably is. So he just won the uh, the uh, MLS MVP. Yeah, someone's going to sign him. Sure. Um, yeah, they don't win this year. Missed be, our, it'd be a classic missed opportunity. Uh, it'd be so true, don't we? Yeah. I would re- I'd respect this team even more if they lost. <laughs> honestly. But we're not hoping for that, Graham. No, at the end of the day, well, we, we got to pull for him. We will take a championship. Sure. <clears throat> so you've changed your tune a little bit, my friend. A couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, you were all... I don't want to say anti Lane United, but you had definitely had a axe to grind. Yeah, I mean, I'm j- I've definitely been stubborn about it, but of what? course I want an Atlanta team to win versus losing. Sure, um, it'd be cool to see what happens. I mean, if, if people are that passionate for games back in like June, I can't imagine what they'd be for a championship oh, game. Oh God, it's going to be absolutely bananas, nuts. I and mean, I think we saw that with the. Uh, Game one of the, or leg one, excuse me, of the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it should be a good game against the old uh, Portland Timbers, Graham. Yeah, they're a, apparently an older team comprised of a lot of um, washed out uh, Premier League players. And they're very much more of a, a defensive team, from what I gather, and that so what they're going to probably try to do is score fast. Oh, yeah. You're com- completely off base, Graham. How am I off base? They are, they are a team comprised of old Premier players, Premier League players. But they don't score fast. I know they don't score fast, but that's probably what they're going to want to do. 
because we don't do very well when we get boxed in no. or whatever the term is called. So they, they play at a 4-3-2-1 Ooh, formation. Look at you. Right? Okay, school me. So they're a different team philosophically than either of the New York squads. So what does Atlanta United play? So, I mean, we're the fast up-tempo team. Right. But they sit back and focus on defending first. So then they look to get forward quickly if there's a mistake made. Right. That's what I'm saying, though. They're probably going to look to score fast and then settle back into their but, strategic But they're all, they're all counterattacks. Okay. So, that, that, so that, I mean, they'll have, they'll lose uh, the possession time all the time. Like, when they played us back in June, we had the ball 70% of the time. But it was a 1-1 tie ball game. Mm-hmm. And they had just as many good shots on goal as we did. Hmm. Um so, I mean, they're basically looking for us to make a mistake, and then they attack. Gotcha. So, the, we're going to have the ball uh, a majority of the time, for sure. But I think one of the things is if we do make a mistake and they're able to get a goal early, that certainly plays yeah. in their hands. Well, yeah, since that, that's their way that, of playing. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're for sure going to, uh, you know, make us show the quality needed to break down a compact, disciplined opponent. It's not just going to be us able to run all over them. Right. But if we are able to get a goal early, then, um, you know, they're taken out of their comfort zone. Right. For sure. Because right. then they're going to feel the need to try and score. And there's not going to be a tie. It comes down to it. There will be penalty kicks. <clears throat> and it is interesting how it's just one game, whereas the other rounds were, were two. Yeah. But I'm not complaining because... We have home field advantage, and um, I mean everything sets up. I mean this team, Lane United's younger, it's faster, doesn't have as much experience overall, but it's probably primed more to win a championship than the Timbers are at this time, considering their personnel compared to ours. Right, I, I do. I do think that their approach, though, could be a great approach against us to uh, kind of sneak in there. Oh, sure. And we've seen that. I mean, like the game I went to this year, um, one of the games I went to this year against D.C. United, is like we made – I mean, D.C. United wasn't very good this year, but we made a mistake that allowed a very early goal. And if, you know, they didn't suck as much as they did, you know, if it had been against the Timbers, yeah, we might have lost that just because we made one early mistake that allowed a guy to just get by everybody and, and he had Guzan one-on-one and he scored. Came back and won like three-to-one, but with a better team – you can't make that kind of mistake again. So it's sort of like we'll be watching for that. I think if if it's able to be 0-0 zero, zero for a while, then you feel good, I think, that Atlanta United's going to break through eventually. But if if, if the Timbers score first, okay. we'll, we'll play right into their hands. So, yeah. um, that was probably our best soccer talk. We've yeah, I think, so, we, so, I think we should cut it right there mm-hmm. before – we say something right before we just start regurgitating even more of what we've already said. Right. Um, I've kind of gone through my whole little notebook already, um, so I'm just going to stop talking. Yeah, no, that sounds good. I think uh, outside of you know bringing on guys like Arthur and Joseph, uh, this, and and Alexa even last week was was talking a lot a lot of United. Um, yeah, I think we deserve some credit for that. Yeah, I think we did a good we, job. We've grown. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Like, and I actually like understood most of that. Right, four, three, two, one. I was like, "Oh, Jesus!" That makes sense. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll be soccer fans yet. Yep. One of these days. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what else you got? For the Braves, they're apparently very close to hiring Rick Kranitz, the former Phillies pitching coach. 
Um, he has a lot of experience. He's worked for Baltimore, Milwaukee, and a couple other teams. And a lot of people have attributed uh, his teachings to the success of Aaron Nola. So you got to like uh, potentially this move. You don't know a lot about him. It still hasn't been officially announced that something could fall through. But, um, yeah. It is kind of odd the Phillies were so willing to get rid of him. He, was, he only was there for one year, and they're pitching overall. Right. And I heard we wanted to talk to one of their like, assistant pitching coaches or something, J.J. Cooper, and then we, they didn't want to. No, uh, Chris Young. That, Chris Young. That, like, six foot eight. Giant. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. yeah. So someone was saying that that could be a, a sneaky, uh, a sneaky sneak by Anthopolis. Right. But it's, so they really wanted Kranitz, but by saying we want to talk to Chris Young, maybe the Phillies like were like, oh, oh. screw that, we don't want to let this guy go. Interesting. You guys can have this guy. Yeah, that could be that could be a thing. But that's really the only things going on with the Braves right now. A lot when, of rumors, but nothing. Yeah, the winter meetings are coming up. I believe next week. So we should. Hopefully, see some things happen there. And at least it's getting a lot better. Yeah, uh, Nationals signed Patrick Corbin six year, I think one hundred forty million dollar deal. Uh, for those not familiar with his work, he had an excellent year with the Diamondbacks and is like a twenty five, twenty six year old pitcher. That's really good stuff. Last year was definitely his best year. He doesn't have a huge track record of success, but if last year was any indication, his best years are to come. So now they have a three headed monster in Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. The Mets made a big trade. Um, getting Robbie Cano and Edwin Diaz, who we talked about last week from the Mariners in exchange for like all of their prospects, which I think is kind of a stupid move at the end of the day. Yeah, who who was their big? I mean, were, was Diaz their big get there, or like do they still think Robbie Cano's a guy? I mean, Cano's thirty six; he's still a solid player. But I mean, the salary they're taking on, I think the Mariners are absorbing some of that that huge salary he he uh, signed with them. But yeah, I don't know why you're getting Diaz when. You know, their offense sucks. I mean, it seems like it's rumored that they're trying to trade Cindergaard and potentially DeGrom. It's like, I don't know what they're trying to do over there. Yeah, they're kind of stuck in a weird place of going for it. And we obviously now they're going for it. Though. Oh, they have to be going for it. But they also give up like all of their prospects, all of their really good prospects. Um, and they have a dreadful injury riddled offense. So it's just sort of, it's, it's confusing what they're doing and over there. The Phillies made a trade as well, right? Yeah, they got Gene Segura. Uh, from I believe from Seattle traded away Santana so yeah so that's that's actually a good move for them that helps their their uh, offense for sure and their defense I mean Segura is a really good player so Marlins have done nothing but remove the uh, sculpture in their outfield <laughs> and we're still linked to Real Muto apparently we're still linked to Real Muto there's still a lot of talk about Mitch Hanniger who's a great corner outfielder for the Mariners young controllable probably take a decent prospect hall to get him, but I would I would pull the trigger if the if uh, you know it's reasonable enough. That'd be a big upgrade from Nick Marcakis. But the wheels are in motion in the National League East right now with all these moves being made. We made the move for Donaldson. Now everybody's countering that move. <clears throat> yeah. The the only other thing going on was uh Anthopolis got interviewed today and they're already kind of talking about lineup configurations yeah. and uh he said that he personally likes Acuna, Donaldson, Freddie. One, yeah. one, two, three. No, I love that. Um, but he also said it's Freddie's, not Freddie. Who the hell's our manager? Snitker. Snitker. <laughs> it's Snitker's final decision. Um, sure. But, I mean, that is just kind of gets my, my wheels flowing a little bit, even, even just thinking about that. That's fun to think about. That's a lot of protection for Acuna. And... Uh, Protection for Donaldson, too. I mean, you get those guys on with Freddie coming up, and watch out. And I don't know who you're, what, 
four, five, six, seven, eight is at that point. But you gotta love that top three. Yep. So can it be April? I'm ready for spring training, man. I'm ready for spring training. I'm ready to see if Soroka is going to be healthy. I know he's been linked to a lot of trade rumors, um, but I, I, I would love to see him come back. I want to see what Austin Riley can do. I want to see if maybe if they don't get a corner outfielder, they're going to try to throw him out there into a corner outfield position. Did you see, he was he was ranked as our number one prospect, Baseball America, by Baseball yep. America, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, um, I want to see Tuki Toussaint. You know, come back and see what he's got in year two. Some of these names are about to get traded, Graham. I don't know who. I hope Tukey and Austin are, are here to stay. Um, everyone else, I'm more open to exploring a trade if it'll help the team. Yeah, you, you would certainly, with the, only the one-year deal for Donaldson, mm-hmm. you would think that lines up for Austin to be that guy. Oh, definitely. It'll be 2020 by then? Good Lord. Yep. Some old fucks. Crazy. Yeah, maybe if you can get him some play next year, though, get him... Get his uh, toes in the water, if you will. Sure. And um, at least have him be a bat off the bench or something towards September. Yeah, towards September. I mean, I think if you do get a corner outfielder and Donaldson's playing well, um, I have no reason to, to bring him up here, I don't think. We'd rather get him reps in the minors. But oh, yeah. if Donaldson goes down, which we have seen over the last couple of years, it's, it's comforting to know you got your best prospect, who is a third baseman, who has had an outstanding offensive season last year, weighing in the wings. Yeah. I hope he's the real deal, Graham. I haven't seen him seen him play enough to say either way. Yeah, I've just seen highlight reels. Yeah. I haven't really watched, like, in a bat or anything like that. No. I, I think I watched, like, a six-minute YouTube video, mm-hmm. and I was impressed. Right. Of course, anyone can look good. Right. Six-minute YouTube video when it's edited to make you look good. Sure. Yeah, if so. we did, like, a best of Atlanta Zone, just cut it down to, like, six minutes. Right. The show would probably be... A lot better than this one is. Right. For sure. But I don't think there's really much else going on in Atlanta sports, Adam. The, the Hawks still blow. Um, Trey Young did win Rookie of the Month in the Eastern Conference, which was nice. John Collins had a double-double against the Warriors last night. But, you know, other than that, still a lot of losing. Yeah, a lot more losing than I predicted. Damn, I wish you would have bet like a shit ton of money in Vegas. What was? Oh yeah, I didn't make a bet. No, but you wanted to say we're going to be over uh, twenty wins. I think you said we'd be might be able to win thirty games or something uh, like that. Yeah, that was a little little off. Yeah, but they they got hustle, Graham. They got heart. No, they're trying. They're trying. They're doing their best. So Trey Young's got to start hitting some threes. He's shooting like less than thirty percent from three. Yeah, it's not which good. Is pretty disheartening. I would like him to just focus more on penetrating. Distribution. I mean, I think the passing, his passing ability is the best aspect of his game. And I really want to see him continue to improve on that because, I mean, if he's doing this as a rookie, God only knows what he's going to do next year. Yeah, he'll improve. And we're not going to be able to really do the old Luca Trey comparison or that trade, anyways, comparison until we see what that draft pick turns into. Like, if, because I think right around... Oh, the draft pick we got yeah, from the Mavericks. Yeah, which yep. is the first-round pick, which is top five protected. So, I mean, if we... And right now, they're they're right around that, like, six to ten range. They're playing pretty... Like, we want them to play decent. Right. Which they are. Right. So, if we get a top ten pick out of that... In addition to our own top ten pick. In, in addition, yeah. Plus Trey Young, hell yeah. Yeah. But, um, man, I'm just more excited about off-season shit already. Oh, with the Hawks? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's much more interesting to play hypothetical GM than it is to watch the product on the floor right now. Currently, yeah. But we'll see how it all shakes out. We'll see what happens to the Falcons this weekend. And um, we should have, a, hopefully, a bigger show next week with the winter meetings happening. Hopefully, 
have a lot more to report on there. I wasn't paying attention to you. What day does that does that start? Is that this weekend? No, I think it starts either this weekend or next week. Oh. It is imminent. It is nigh, though. Got so. it. Should be exciting. Well, everybody, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Atlanta Zone. We appreciate it. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitominous it. Hospitominous it.